to the world's finest show. I am Kyle Hudson. And I'm Ray Gordon. And today I'm super excited. We're joined by the hosts of our sister show, Emily Villaverde and Zach Ng, hosts of the Situation Room. How are you guys? Hey guys, it's good to be here. Doing great, excited to be here. Now we've talked about Zach before because he used to actually be an intern for us uh, way back when. Um, but they've been doing this new show about Asian culture, and it's been really awesome. Uh, I've been helping them edit it. it. They've got, what, like seven episodes out right now? So mm-hmm. uh, make sure you go check them out. They are also on KeystoneDigital.tv. Uh, but, um, you know, we talk about pop culture on here. We talk about um, anime sometimes. A- Ray is a big fan of anime. And because you guys talk about, you know, let's just be honest, your show is a little bit more serious than ours. Um, I thought it'd be interesting to bring you guys on and talk to you about, um, you know, specifically uh, Eastern pop culture and and cultural appropriation, uh, because it's a topic we've talked about on our show before. And uh, I will be fully honest, Ray is far more uh, knowledgeable on anime than I am. Uh, but I'm learning. Uh, as I was talking about earlier today, I just watched uh, Death Note, which was like, oh my God, amazing. Uh, so the two of you, uh, one of the big questions, you know, you guys talk about on your show is like how people are constantly asking, like, where are you from? Um, and I would imagine the anime question gets tossed in there pretty often too. Uh, I know Emily is an anime fan. Zach is not. So uh, what is your reaction to uh, Americans, almost ob- like certain subcultures, obsession with anime and Eastern culture? Um, I mean, for me, I think it's really cool that people will try and learn more about another culture uh, through media and the different arts that they show. So anime, yeah, it is a specific type of art um, I consider. And you know, I think that it's really cool, but there are times when people say, oh, I watch anime. I saw all of Avatar The Last Airbender and I cringe a little bit because it's not an anime. It's actually an American cartoon. And, uh, you know, the the conversation just gets awkward from there. <laughs> so, so in that kind of a case, right, where you have, because it's not alone. I mean, there's uh, Speed Racer is another anime, but it's mm-hmm. produced in America. Uh, it's probably uh, one of the more famous ones. Uh, would you consider that cultural appropriation? I don't think so. I think it's just people don't really know a whole lot. So the only reason why I know information like that is because I took that next step and did some research and I wanted to learn more about why, like, you know, the differences in anime. So back in middle school was when I was really into it and I was watching a bunch of different shows and I am actually guilty of telling my older cousins that, are even more into anime than I am uh, that, oh yeah, I watched Pokemon and I watched Avatar The Last Airbender. And they would look at me and say, that's, it's basic. Or, you know, with Avatar The Last Airbender, they would say, that's not anime. Um, But I don't think it's cultural appropriation in a sense. I think it's just, you know, when people say, oh yeah, I watch anime. I, and then they, they mention shows like that. It's just, they're not really aware. Now, Zach, I'm curious what the reaction you get when you say, you know, I, I don't watch anime, you know, because I, I think that's a stereotype that I think a lot of people think all Asian people know karate, all Asian people watch anime, right? So, like, how are those conversations break down with you? Um, I mean, most of the, my interactions with that, like, people aren't too surprised. A lot of my, I mean, you know, anime is a Japanese thing, and, you know, 
personally, I'm Chinese or Chinese American, so I don't, um, I don't know all, like, all the Japanese cultural uh, things or practice them. Um, but a lot of my friends that do watch anime um, are mostly not Japanese, and they they appreciate that. And like, I I don't know. It is kind of weird because like. But it's not a very common thing as much as like, you know, all Asians in the karate kind of thing. Uh, I, I was always wondering, like, what, what is it like to feel that? Because I know that, like, for me being uh, African-American and my love for anime, I, I see it as more like, oh, well, I know the world, I'm of the world, and it's like I'm a part of the world. So is that the? Could it be the same thing for others? Because I know that people view anime as this, as this, I guess this other sort of entertainment. But really, I feel like anime is an umbrella, and there are many different categories underneath it. Like you got your horror, your mystery, your you know your, you know your this, your that, pick a genre, and it all sort of falls under anime. And I was fascinated by that so much, not so much the whole like. Oh, is this an Asian thing? Like, no, it doesn't really matter if it's like this is an introduction into something else that I've never been able to experience. But the hearing that, like, since you said you're Chinese American, it's like this isn't really my thing. Like, I feel like I feel like we get overlaid a lot uh, through society, uh, and it's more like you have to do. Obviously, you're this, so you must know this. Obviously, you're this, so you must know this. And people are surprised when they hear that I like anime. I just, I just don't understand. I, I want to know how, how you feel about being, I guess, overlaid in society. Yeah. So I think that's a common issue that a lot of Asian Americans have is because people t tend to blend everything together. Um, and so, like, if you look remotely like East Asian, you kind of fall under a bunch of different categories because it's like this oversimplification, right? Um, and it's like it's a big generalization that like you know all Asians are Chinese at least, um, and so it, it's a weird thing because it's like uh, especially with the co like coronavirus stuff, like everyone assumes that like every Asian is Chinese, um, although like statistically Chinese is probably the biggest, but like, I think it's like twenty percent now. It's a um, but you know that doesn't matter, but. Um, you know, I, I mean, the reason I bring that up, that I was, like, Chinese-American, it wasn't, like, I, like, no one, I never grew up with it in that sense, or wasn't ever introduced in, like, a family, like, setting, or, um, or, like, a, like a Chinese community setting kind of thing, um, and I feel like a lot of people that do, like, anime, I don't know, it's introduced some other way, and usually, like, through the internet, um, which is, like, a great thing that we have, because, there, you know, there's so many different types of content, um, but, yeah, I, I don't know if that answers your question. No, no, it doesn't. I wanted to ask uh, Emily, um, what what genre of anime do you like? Is more aligned with you? You know, you say you're an anime fan. Like, what kind of fan? So, and it's it definitely varies. Um, I like what you said about how you see anime as more of an umbrella because that's true. Yes, it did stem from Japanese culture. But if you look at anime now, so if you go on different websites that show different anime shows and you look at the filters, it's not just Japanese anime. And that shocked me. I was looking at it um, last week because uh, one of my friends and I are actually getting ready to rewatch one of the animes, um, Attack on Titan. And when I was looking for that show, I looked through the filters and there are actually different cultures taking anime and putting their own twist on it. So there's like Chinese anime, Japanese anime, Korean. It's a whole melting pot 
But, you know, for me growing up, I pretty much just watched whatever my cousins threw at me. So I watched Attack on Titan and that's, you know, action-packed, gory. It's like, um, it's like apocalyptic um, uh, settings. And I also watched Sword Art Online. But I also am guilty of listening, watching, you know, Slice of Life, which are all the cute, um, like, animal animes. And that's, that was what I watched, you know, growing up because it reminded me of Pokemon. And I watched Pokemon growing up and I loved it. We all watched Pokemon growing up. (laughs) Maybe not Zach, but I think the rest of us all watched Pokemon growing up. Saturday mornings, waking up early just so that you can catch Pokemon on Cartoon Network was definitely a staple in my house there was a um there was an anime uh that used to come on when i was in my i guess middle school high school time it was called ham taro yes it was it was the cutest thing i was like why do i like this so much they're just they're just eating and running away and getting into misfit mayhem and this is adorable and then i think that's when it, it it showed me that it wasn't just action. Like you can like the action, and the action is great. I love. I have. I can. I can put you onto a lot of things. <laughs> but but it's it's more like the 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 emotion and what it's more like the viewpoint that wants to be shared. I like that that wants to be shared. I want to say so much so that the art the artists and the director are more like captains of the ship. Mm-hmm. But but they're not. They don't control everything. And I feel that that's important. That like, it, and anime is like an, an evolution of art. And a that's the great thing about it. Yeah. I, I mean, one of the things that I, I, you know, just kind of popped in my head as you were talking, Emily, was it, it almost reminds me of like rap music, how like it was created one place and then it like got exported to other countries and they kind of made it their own. And I don't think anyone would accuse a Chinese rapper of cultural appropriation, right? Um, because they're just taking a, and again, rap has many subgenres as well, right? Just like anime does. It's an overarching art form. I mean, I was talking, um, I said that uh, I, I just watched Death Note. And I think one of the things that really struck me about it was it was just radically different from any, any other anime I'd ever seen where, you know, it's all about getting over 9,000 and, you know, all these crazy fantasy elements. And while there was, you know, there is fantasy elements in Death Note, it was very grounded. It was almost like a crime procedural. And... <laughs> I hadn't, and there was like no real fighting, right? It's all about intellect and like this cat and mouse. And it was just so refreshing. And, and one of the things that I thought um, in the very few animes that I have seen, um, I, I find that as a Westerner, I've learned a lot about East Asian culture through not just um, anime, but video games as well. I feel like we have probably more um, connection to you know, Eastern media than any other kind of foreign media in American, or especially as American youth, between, you know, the Pokemon invasion in the 90s and, you know, all of this stuff that's been coming out, like, in the video games that are produced over in, in East Asia. Like, I feel like there's a really unique cultural exchange that goes on between us uh, and our art, uh, which, I don't know, I think anime, and, and you see that in uh, Avatar, in in Speed Racer, and, and then on the flip side, when they take like a, what was it? A simple noodle story. Have you heard of that? No, so I haven't. It's a Chinese film uh, that is a remake of the Coen Brothers' Blood Simple, which if you've ever seen Blood Simple, it is like another one of those things that really 
it's hard to define what kind of a movie it is. It's like horror, crime, drama, all this kind of stuff. And then a Chinese director saw that American movie and then made a Chinese version of it. Um, <laughs> and in reverse, Departed. The Departed, a lot of people don't realize The Departed was actually based on a, a Japanese movie or maybe it was Korean uh, called Internal Affairs. And we do a lot of this where we're remaking each other's content in different things. There's even actually an American version of Death Note. Um, heard it's not very good. Um, but, but that kind of brings me to, I think probably one of the most well-known, if not influential, um, cross-pollinated works, uh, and that would be Karate Kid. Um, there's a clear influence of Eastern culture, uh, yet it's written entirely by Americans. It's from an American point of view. And it's interesting because I rewatched it recently because Cobra Kai is on, on Netflix. It's another thing we talk about on the show a lot. And I definitely, since working with you guys on your show, um, I look at Karate Kid differently. And I was curious what you thought. I'm talking about the original Karate Kid, not Jaden Smith. Although that's an interesting thing too, because as Zach brought up, karate is a Japanese art form. Kung Fu is a Chinese art form. So it's kind of weird that they did that mixture of Karate Kid in China. But let's just stick to the Ralph Macchio version for simplicity's sake. Um, have you both seen Karate Kid? Yes. Yeah. So as an Asian American, was it, did you feel like it was demeaning your culture um, or did you, uh, like, I mean, again, he's Japanese, not Chinese um, or Filipino, but like, how did, how did, how do you feel about Karate Kid? Emily, do you want to start? Um, it's, it's definitely weird because when I watched it when I was younger, I didn't really think much about, you know, the film in terms of cultural appropriation. I just thought this was a really good film. It had really good lessons to learn. And, you know, I watched it with my dad and you didn't think about that in the beginning, but now with everything that's going on with anti-Asian racism due to like the COVID-19 pandemic and just everything that's been growing in recent years, it's crazy to think that people are, you know, going back to films like Karate Kid and trying to, and like, you know, noticing the, um, just like little things. I mean, I don't really, maybe Zach has more of um, an opinion because it's, I, I'm, it, it really didn't have any effect on me because I, I guess I'm not Chinese. Um, but as an Asian American, I think initially my first thought was it's cool that they're showing you know, in the film industry, just different aspects of different cultures. That was just my overall thought. So I I would say that the Karate Kid, the original movie, is nineteen eighty four, something um, like that. Yeah, something like, something like that. that. I think that it was ultimately a very good thing, um, and it was a big step for like Asian American representation in media. Although, like, there are a handful of criticisms that like I'm not going to dismiss. Um, that are legitimate, like the overplaying yeah. of like Pat Morita's accent um, and things like that, but and like the catching a fly with chopsticks um, that like kind of like exoticized, like that. That's all bad, but like to understand, I think Pat, like the role of Mr. Miyagi in the Karate Kid is like I don't think that any other Asian character in American media had that much depth um, for any other like mm -hmm. up to that point in the 1980s, and it, it it's an opening it. You know, it, with its flaws, it still opens the door, you know, for more Asian characters with you know, different depth. Yeah, because I mean, I think if you think about it at the time, probably your only two other 
popular culture Asian folks were probably Kato from the Green Hornet and uh, Sulu from Star Trek. And I think both of them, let's be honest, are pretty one-dimensional characters. But you do learn about Pat, uh, Mr. Miyagi's history and his family and, and this. And I do think, I, I have you either of you seen Cobra Kai? I watched, I've been binge watched it. Like so good, this. right? And, and I, I thought that they they tackled it in that they definitely. I I felt straight on tackled the how Danny has kind of absorbed a little bit of the culture and he sees himself maybe as an insider, whereas other members of the culture do not because they don't have that personal experience with him. Mm -hmm. um, there's the scene in the first episode where his daughter's dating an Asian boy and he's slicing up, you know, very, you know, giving him sushi, uh, like in a very authentic way. And he asks the question you guys bring up, like, so where are your parents from? And he's like, Fresno? You know what I mean? And then he gives him, the, he's like, I don't, I don't like raw fish. And it's just like, Danny gets like this affront to it. And I thought that was a really, I think it needed to be acknowledged. And I'm glad that they acknowledged it because it is, I think, a really important, it was a very important thing to me, transformative as a you know, kid from New Jersey who moved around. Um, and I don't know, I just, I look at it, after working with you guys, I look at that movie very, very differently. Um, now, when we, just to, uh, did, have you guys seen the Jaden Smith one? A while yes. ago. Mm -hmm. I didn't watch it. Was it any good? I thought it was okay. Um, it wasn't, I think it was just a more modern take on the classic film. So, you know, I, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> I was like 11 when I watched it. So I, I, I liked it. <laughs> you guys are so young. <laughs> I watched it recently. I think it's on Netflix. Okay. I believe I believe that if I might be wrong or it's, it's some on somewhere because I just watched it recently, but I know my parents like I don't have the film. But yeah, yeah. it's a uh, hmm. all right. When I watched Karate Kid, the the one with Jaden Jaden Smith, one I, I don't really think he's that good of an actor, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, when I watched it, you know that Jackie Chan was in it and it was a whole thing. I I didn't really like it. I felt like it didn't need to be made. It's it, it gave me feelings of how The Lion King was redone recently. I felt like it didn't need to be made. Like, okay, kudos for making it. It didn't need to be made um, at all. Like, I feel like it missed the point and it missed the lesson that the first one had. But then again, I grew up with a different uh, introduction to the Asian culture as far as cinema, movies, and theater, and, uh, and uh, media. Uh, I, I like that. Like I, I came in on the three ninjas and, yes. and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and uh, <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Like it was, it was different. I I avidly like I had I had uh, Korean roommates. Like I avidly enjoy my the, the experiences I've had with the Asian culture and, and its vast diaspora. It's it's more along the lines of how it's represented and how it's depicted here. And I feel like it's real choppy. Yeah. It's real choppy. It's real like, like uh, I, I see that. I went touring and I saw that. So I'm going to make a movie about that. But like, yeah, but have you gone to the town? Have you talked to the people? Have you, do you understand what's going on? Yeah. And that's, that's, that. that's the thing because the, they don't really. So another film that um, I really liked that you just, when you mentioned that, right, was Moana. And the team that made Moana, they didn't just take the basics of you know polynesian pacific islander culture they 
planned this out. They went to different uh, islands in the, in the Pacific and they studied the culture. They talked to um, the people. They learned, they did their research and that's how like they made the film Moana. Um, and you know, that's why when people talk about it, they're learning about the culture and it just, yes, I know, I understand that there are those, I guess, racist things that people will pull and people will remember. So like the Karate Kid, Mr. Miyagi catching the, the, the fly with his chopsticks, people are going to remember that. And like the discipline, people are going to ask, oh, are your Asian parents this strict? Like, you know, are they hard, super tough, like no show, no emotion? That's the stuff that they remember. But at the same time, and I guess this goes in with anime as well, they're picking out different aspects of the culture and they're learning about it. And I think that's what I, that's the best part about representing different, different cultures and, you know, just different lifestyles through the media and through the film industry. Because Karate Kid, I remember the one with Jaden Smith, he was eating, I think he was eating ramen or instant ramen. And I was, that's at that point when I first watched it, that was the only ramen I knew. Flash forward a couple years to when I started watching anime and I saw like authentic ramen in anime, I, I didn't realize that there were, like, there was just a whole other world. And that's right. something that I learned. And that's just, it's just, I think that's how people, I guess, lazily or just, they learn more about the cultures without even realizing it. I definitely think that that is the value. I mean, that is the biggest value out of all this stuff. I mean, I've never been to East Asia, never. But through watching movies and anime and playing video games, I, I can say I at least have a rough idea of how youth life in the late 90s, early 2000s was, right? Because that's, that's when I was young. And that's when I was really paying attention to that kind of stuff. But I, I mean, I, I think that... I guess that kind of zones in on what I was trying to ask is like, what's the difference between cultural appropriation and cultural appreciation? And I think you answered that question with the research, right? It's not just, oh, I want to make a cool thing about samurai because I saw a samurai movie one time. And then you make, what is that Tom Cruise movie? Uh, the oh, Last the Samurai. Last samurai. Like, oh, oh, throw that the white guy the comes and saves. The white guy comes and saves the whole, whole Japan. You know what throw I mean? Yeah. Throw it in the trash. There are films like that, but then if you look for, like now, if you go onto Netflix, there are films that show the different parts of Asian culture. So a Netflix original, I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's called Always Be My Maybe with Randall Park and Ali Wong. That's mm. very good. And they show Korean. I, I did see that. Oh my. It was like he, he was working and he came to her house with his dad. Yeah, like, he's, he works yeah, like her, he, yeah, he's like an, an HVAC worker. And, and yeah, and that, see, the difference between stereotypical Asian films, action-packed, karate, kung fu, this film highlights that comfort um, aspect of, you know, Korean culture, and it shows the food and just the, the close-knit family ties that are centered around, you know, the kitchen table and just being around family and the people that you love. It's interesting so, it's changed. Okay. So I guess, I mean, because we're coming close to the end of, end of our interview. So I guess what I would ask you is like, so, I mean, aside from that show, what are some other types of media people could consume that are a little bit more accurate 
um, and are less, um, to use Zach's term, exoticizing. Um, because I think that, that uh, that's something, you know, that, that Eastern mystical, you know what I mean? Like the, the whole thing with Mr. Miyagi, like that. What are, what are things that get away from that and actually give you a, a clear depiction of, uh, you know, Eastern Asian culture? I think one film that I have yet to watch, but it's definitely on my list. It's called The Farewell. Um, it's starring Aquafina. That is, from what, I, what I've researched, the film takes place with a Chinese-American woman, Aquafina's character. And she goes back to China to visit her grandmother. But the, the twist is that her grandmother's actually dying. And no one wants to give her the grandmother the bad news. They're just, they're like the whole family, I guess, that's in the States are all coming back home to spend time with the family. And it shows culture and just the traditional, I guess, like Chinese culture um, just through this one film. So I, that's definitely something on my list that I want to watch and I would probably recommend. Um, Crazy Rich Asians, while it's very, very, um, spectacular and I think it's a bit amplified there are little bits with throughout the movie that do showcase um, Chinese culture um, and to, to build off of that like another example you can find on Netflix I think it was only released on Netflix um, but you know it, it's not Asian American but uh, it, you know it is produced with Asian Americans um, but this story place Actually, no, it is It is a mix of, like, Asian and American. It's Tiger Tail. Um, Tiger Tail, I don't know if you guys are familiar, um, is a story about a man who leaves uh, Taiwan, um, and he goes with, like, kind of an arranged marriage um, to America, and I forget what city they're in. Um, I think it's New York. Uh, I think they go to New York, and, like, he struggles, and he has a family, but he leaves behind, uh, like, a woman he actually fell in love with versus, like, someone who he just went to America with. But, you know, they had kids, and then it, um, he kind of, like, reconciles with that. There's a lot of flashbacks. So there's a lot of – it contrasts, like, uh, you know, both Asian-Americans and, like, people from Asia, like, real Asians, um, in a sense. And so, yeah, it's a really good film, but it's a mix of, uh, like, Taiwanese, Mandarin, and, like, subtitles. So there's a, there's a little bit of reading you got to do, but they, you know, some scenes are in English. I love subtitles, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it doesn't bother me at all. It doesn't bother me at all. Um, one of my, yeah, I have a lot of foreign films that I like, so I, I don't mind reading. Uh, so real quick, though, before we go, why don't you give people, tell them what your show's about, tell them how they can find you guys out about. Out, tell them how they can find out about you guys. <laughs> uh, so Zach and I are the hosts of the Situ Asian Room. That's a little play on word. It's Situ and then the word Asian. Um, it's pretty much just our journey through Asian America. So we answer the big questions like, where are you quote unquote really from? Um, we talk about hard hitting topics in the Asian American community and food and all that stuff. Yeah, there's so much we don't know about Asian America and race. And so you know, we're trying to explore that. Um, there's like, issues that are very rarely talked about. And so, you know, we explore those things. We interview awesome people to talk about them and talk about the Asian American experience, identity, all that. You can follow us on Instagram at the Situation Room. Uh, Twitter is Situation underscore room. Uh, we're on Facebook, too. Um, check out our website, situationroom.com.
Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Um, but yo, guys, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for coming on today. And it, it's a pleasure working with you guys. Um, you guys are great. And I, I highly encourage uh, anyone out there, even if you're not Asian, like I watch it. I mean, I watch every episode, obviously, because I edit it. Um, but I have learned so much from you guys. Uh, and I just think that you guys have a lot of great insights and a lot of great guests. So if you're a fan of our show um, and you're maybe you're looking for something a little bit more serious, uh, make sure you check out The Situation Room and you can find out them, us, and all of the other shows on KeystoneDigital.tv. So thank you so much, guys. A pleasure, Emily and Zach, a pleasure. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. All right, so uh, I guess that brings us to the end of the show. So I want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in. We do it all for you. Uh, the show has been made possible by electricity and brought to you by light. So that's it. Uh, have fun. Um, try to be safe out there, uh, as safe as you can. <laughs> and uh, I know, right? And, and socially distanced. Um, and until next week, keep geek.